You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked On Horn Frogs, welcome in. It's another week. It is uh, Monday, September 20th, and I appreciate you joining us today. Um, come off the bye week, I want to talk a little bit about TCU SMU, where we stand as we start preparing for that game. And then the segment two today. Um, this league is really crazy. Like, I, we're three weeks in now, going on week four. Um, most teams have played three games. TCU had the early bye week. So, I think there's enough of a sample to start drawing some conclusions, even though it's still really early in conference play. We'll begin, um, you know, really in, in full this coming Saturday, aside from TCU as they get ready for the Battle of the Iron Skillet. But I think it's a, a very wide-open league at the moment. And a couple of teams that we felt like were going to be great, um, there's some question marks there. So we'll talk about that in segment two. But here in segment one, uh, TCU-SMU coming up on Saturday. Nice test for the Frogs. So SMU, they won, on, they won their game this past weekend against Louisiana Tech on a Hail Mary. It was a really crazy play if you haven't seen it. Tanner Mordecai gets flushed out of the pocket. Rolls out, chunks it down to the end zone. Uh, you know, we see this all the time. It rarely works. But in this case, the ball was deflected up in the air and uh, right into the hands of Reggie Robinson, SMU receiver. And he rolls into the end zone. They walk it off and get it done and, and get a victory. Um, I know a lot of TCU fans are confident going into this game because you look at that score. Okay, TCU rolled LaTeX last year. Wasn't close. Um, SMU coming to town. And I feel better about this matchup than I typically do. Like, I'm usually pretty nervous going into Iron Skillet week because as, as much as they want to sell it as this big rivalry for both schools, uh, and I'm sort of in the minority. I actually think it's a decent – I think it's a good game to play. I think the history there is fun. Uh, also, it's just a, a nice kind of cross-town rivalry to have. But I understand the point that a lot of people make, which is at, at this juncture in both programs' trajectories, there's really no benefit for TCU to play SMU every single year. However, I'm usually nervous about this game because no matter how much the coaches, I'm sure, try all during the week to talk about the importance of the game and it's a rivalry and you need to gut for it and SMU is going to bring their best, uh, I mean, the intensity is usually pretty one-sided. I feel like SMU generally jumps out to an early lead. They have some things up their sleeve. They're trying out a bunch of different stuff. They're kind of throwing the kitchen sink out there. And TC sort of lollygags around and leans into it. And then usually they pull away. Now, a couple of years ago, they ended up losing that football game. So I would hope that they are highly motivated to get out there and get a convincing victory on Saturday, given what happened last time these two teams played. But we'll see when they hit the field at 11 a.m. Um, still no reports on guys coming back from injury. Hope Kyrie Coleman, Coleman is back. Hope Noah Daniels is back. Uh, Wes Harris will hopefully be healthier in this game. And I mean, it's really a toss-up. Uh, if you had to pick one as far as on the defensive side, would you rather have 
a fully healthy Noah Daniels or a fully healthy Kyrie Coleman taking on SMU, I don't know, because both the pass rush and the secondary have major question marks. Uh, obviously, having Noah Daniels back there helps you out in your back end a lot. Hopefully, he can match up one-on-one -on -one and make plays. I will say I'm interested to see what he looks like, though. I mean, he hasn't played in a long time. And to step on the field against an SMU team that's going to throw the ball over the yard, that's going to be a huge test. I hope his head's not spinning a little bit if he does end up out there starting. Um, Coleman, you need somebody to get to the quarterback. I think O'Shawn Mathis is a good player, and I feel like he's grown a lot and he's turned into a reliable starter throughout the course of his career. But he just doesn't get home enough. I mean, he just, especially against good teams or in big games, um, he's not as disruptive as you'd like your number one defensive end to be. Plays the run well. I think plays his responsibilities well. Understands what he's supposed to do. Just is not as uh, disruptive of a force as Coleman was last season. I think part of it is Kyrie's just got so much explosiveness on the outside. O'Shawn more of a kind of traditional power rusher. Um, so the health aspect is there. I want to see Zach Evans get a bunch of touches again this week um, because I think that's that talent disparity is going to be off the charts between him and in the SMU defense. You know, LaTeX was able to put points on them. This should be a game where the offense is consistently getting down on the field and scoring. I know they scored 30-plus points against Cal. I know it's somewhat nitpicky to come away from that game and think they didn't do enough, but I just want to see more consistency. I want to see their foot on the gas from the jump and a team that's able to capitalize and score uh, you know, almost every time they touch the ball, and I would hope that we would see that against SMU. So big week. Um, hopeful that the intensity level is there, that they're ready to rock and roll and, and get this done coming off the loss a couple of years ago, and that they are 100% healthy. Uh, Gary's, and I'll be curious to see his approach because Gary's pointed this out multiple times. You know, his biggest goal going into conference play is be 3 0, but also don't be banged up. And, I mean, they, they've kind of stubbed their toe early in the season. Like, last year was so different because of COVID, but they dropped that season opener to Iowa State. A couple seasons ago, they lose to SMU in non-conference play. Um, and there's a big difference between 2-1 and one and 3-0. and oh. yeah. Taking care of business would be a, a nice step forward for this team, given sort of their inconsistency the last few years. Um, coming up next, let's talk about the Big 12 Conference and where I think the league is after a couple weeks. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Segment two of Locked On Horn Frogs. You know, going into the season, I feel like I, I chatted about this with Josh Neighbors. Uh, high expectations for TCU, had a ton of returning starters. And I think there were a lot of teams in the Big 12 that had a similar feeling going into the year. Or you just believed, okay, we have a lot of returning production. And as sports fans, we tend to feel like progress is always linear, right? I mean, okay, you're going to be, as a sophomore, you'll be better than you were as a freshman. 
junior will be better than you were a sophomore, etc. Uh, the more this team plays together, they get better. And, and to a certain extent, that's true. But I also think progress normally sort of moves more in peaks and valleys than it does in a straight line. However, when you're projecting... Usually that's the first thing you kind of look at. Okay, who's coming back? What do they do well? How much depth do we have? What kind of production did we put forth last year? And up to this point, now we're three weeks in, I'm not coming away thinking, wow, there's a dominant team in this league. Oklahoma, extremely talented. But they survived against Nebraska. I mean, they won that game 23-16. to I think the defense was very good. Offensively, though, Spencer Rattler, I don't know, something's going on there. Like, he's just, he's not as good as you would expect in his second season starting, at least through the first third of the season. Uh, Oklahoma State, they go on the road, they beat Boise State, and they get it done. I mean, that's a, that's a good road victory for the Pokes. They win 21-20, to but Spencer Sanders... I mean, the stat line, he had 82 yards passing, 6 of 13. Now, they did figure out their run game, 218 yards from Jalen Warren, 246 yards as a team, and their defense held on, basically shut out Boise. They did shut out Boise State in the second half. But that was another group that you felt like, okay, even with some of the losses you have, big losses like Chuba Hubbard and um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the the guy's name. They're great wide receiver, Talon Walls. There should be enough there to sort of continue what they were building towards. And they're 3-0, and but it hasn't showed up yet. Kansas State, nice win over Nevada. Uh, Deuce Vaughn's a monster. They're not going to beat themselves. If Skyler Thompson is out for an extended period of time, though, which it looks like he will be, I just can't really see them holding up week after week. Iowa State bounced back nicely against a lowly UNLE team. But Brock Purdy has had his struggles. He played well on Saturday. Looked pretty awful against Iowa. They're 2-1-1. West Virginia bounced back to them big way, and they beat Virginia Tech, number 15 Virginia Tech, 27-21. Tried to give that game away, but they held on. Jarrett Dagey's having a good season. Letty Brown's a great player. They're tough. They're physical. They're 2-1. I lost to Maryland. Hurt them, but they've rallied back. Texas Tech, another slow start, but they end up putting up 54 points on Florida International. And... They had a nice win against Houston to start the season, but I don't think they've proven a lot. Texas, they bounce back nicely. They dominate Rice 58 to nothing. And <laughs> there's a team that's feeling pretty good about themselves right now. Uh, Baylor, they win 45 to 7 over Kansas. And just looking on Twitter, their fans are pretty chatty. Now, it's a soft, soft schedule. They've beaten Texas State, Texas Southern, and KU. They play Iowa State this week. I think that's going to be a big game for both those teams as far as indicating where they are. Um, but they've taken care of their business against opponents they should beat. My point to all this is, this is a pretty jumbled mess of a league right now. And 
in my mind, it's really anybody's for the taking. Now, Oklahoma is talented enough to show that there is a huge gap between them and the rest of the conference. And I think at full strength, if that team's humming correctly, then that's true. But they haven't done it yet. And we have some intriguing conference games starting this week. But for TCU, which is another team, another program that has not exactly blown people's doors off yet. It's there for the taking if they can start to figure it out. Now, there's some great games this week that are going to give us a good idea of where this league is. Baylor, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Texas, K-State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Oklahoma. We'll have a better idea of where the league is after this week of games. And then TCU will open with Texas in a few weeks. But before the year, it, it felt like it was Oklahoma, Gap, Iowa State, TCU, and then just sort of this mass of humanity in the middle. I think everybody might be the mass of humanity in the middle right now. So even though TCU doesn't have a conference game this week, play good football, get the job done, and get ready because there there are opportunities here. There are chances to flex your muscle a little bit and show that you're a team to be reckoned with over the next few weeks. And let's see if they can do that in a wide open Big 12. Matt Jennings is not with us today. He'll be back with us next week. Tomorrow we'll continue uh, getting you ready for the SMU game. This has been Lockdown Horn Frogs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day.